What's good, my amazing friends? This is Sarah Grace, and you are listening to The Remedy. Hey, you guys, I am back. I am back. Thank you so much for tuning in to last week's rerun, greatest hits, golden oldie moldy episode of The Remedy, which is an incredible episode. We rerun Identity Crisis, and it is something that the world over needs to hear because the reason people don't know what is a woman or what identity we even identify with is because we have forgotten the one in whom we were created, and that is in the likeness and image of God. That being said, um, I actually got several, several, several messages (laughs) from people, um, you know, shout out to my my friend in Oregon, Faith, um, I am praying for Wyatt. You guys pray for her son, Wyatt. He contracted a form of bacteria that traveled from his sinuses into his brain. And this young guy has been battling this uh, for, for a few months now and has been in and out of the hospitals. And it's been a huge trial for their family. So Please pray for Faith's family and for Wyatt. Wyatt, we are praying for you. You are going to be healed from this in Jesus' name. Anyway, thank you so much for that time off and the several messages, you guys. You know, sometimes when you're pumping out content, um, preaching messages, whatever, week after week, that messenger from Satan sent to beat you up it can whisper in your ear and say, you know what, what you're doing, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't make a difference. It doesn't, you know, it's, it's not doing anything. You're wasting your time. And that's a lie. Uh, and I was shown that so clearly this week by how many of you reached out and said, we didn't have a new remedy this week. And, and it's become a thing in, in people's lives. And that just blows my mind. And so guess what? Here we are. It's a new remedy, (laughs) you guys. Okay, so I had to take a week off because I was invited to a conference just outside of Nashville for, holy shnikes, you guys, what, what a ride. It was a conference on deliverance. No, 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 not not the dueling banjo type deliverance. No, <laughs> anyway, not that one. No, this was a Holy Spirit hoedown of the most amazing kind. You guys, you all know that I stand for freedom in everything I do. My social media accounts are blocked and shadow banned and followers are removed from my accounts daily and I can't post because I have been so blatantly, loudly voicing and showing this is the truth. Hey, this is the truth. Even though people have been telling us, you know, that the sky is red. It's like, no, 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 the sky is still blue. What is this? I I, I can't keep my mouth shut when it comes to the truth and when it comes to freedom. And freedom, you guys, comes in many, many forms, many different forms. The Constitution, of the United States 
is a document of freedom. The Declaration of Independence is a document of freedom. We've seen the death of the Queen. And, you know, half of your news feed is, you know, filled with, you know, people mourning the Queen. Uh, uh, and half of, you know, the news feed is like, oh my gosh, she was an evil, vile person. And, you know, whatever the case may be, the fact remains that I am an American and British rulers have no place in my life. I, I mourn with those who mourn and those who are mourning their family member, you know, God bless them. But the fact remains is that the men who signed the Declaration of Independence and gave their lives accordingly for that movement to free us from British rule, I will not sully their memory by celebrating the rule that they fought so hard to break us free from. Okay, so that being said, as far as freedom is concerned, this, po this podcast episode is not about politics, it's not about royals, it's not about any of those things. No, we're going to be talking about demons of a whole other variety. <laughs> oh, I said it. Okay, whatever. Anyway, the conference that I went to was on demonic deliverance. And you know, you guys, I'm, I, I was called to this conference and, you know, I wasn't exactly sure what to expect, but I had an undeniable call to absolutely go. When the invitation came in, I was like, immediately, yes. <laughs> immediately, yes. <laughs> there was no hesitation. I booked my flights almost even before asking if I could stay with my friend who lives just down the street and around the corner from where this conference was taking place. I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I had to go. So I packed up and I flew there and you guys... I'm at a loss for, for words. Wow is all I can really encompass at this time. I had fully planned to like vlog the experience and I started out by taking pictures and a little bit of video. Um, and then the evening came and the evening was the, the deliverance service. And our phones had to be completely turned off. No one could record or anything in there, which is good because people need to be free to be themselves and have the spirit come over them, you know, in a way that is necessary, right? Without fear of being recorded in this day and age. So, so phones were record, uh, phones to record were, were shut off. And so, uh, I couldn't vlog the experience, but I thought, oh, okay, afterwards, I will report to you guys what needs to be reported. And you know what happened? I couldn't report anything because I was absolutely wrecked by the experience. And I mean wrecked in the most holy, amazing, Holy Spirit filled, torn open my soul and forever changed from that moment. So I wasn't wrecked in a bad sense. I was wrecked in a, oh my gosh, eyes opened, completely set free, changed. I knew that the experience of going to this conference was going to be something epic in my life because going up to it, I was experiencing all manner of attacks in my life that I kept thinking, well, maybe I shouldn't go and 
and, and, you know, maybe I should cancel. And my husband, Eric was like, no, this means that you absolutely should go a hundred percent. This is like exactly what you need to be doing, you know? So yeah, I, uh, I, I don't like traveling by myself. I usually travel with my covering, my husband. And this time I was traveling alone without him. And it was, it was a big step, but I knew that something on the other end, I knew that I was going to come out changed forever. And in fact, you guys, I, before this had had a totally strange dream. You know, when I wrote the show out today, I wasn't going to share this with you guys, but here I am and I'm sharing. So I had this totally strange dream. And this dream was I, um, in my dream, I had died. And, um, uh, but in my dream, I was still alive and I was still me. And I was like, but, but I can't be dead because I'm totally alive. But that that old person was gone. And of course, then, you know, I'm looking like, okay, what do dreams mean? Like, maybe I shouldn't be flying alone. Like, I'm not sure what this means. But give it time. And oftentimes, those dreams that are really heavy, they will actually come with an interpretation eventually. And that dream was interpreted for me by the Lord in a very um, prayer closet moment during this conference time. And that was that the person that I was before going to this conference doesn't exist anymore. And that I am totally new. And I am raised up to life in a whole new calling. And I'm just being, (laughs) I'm just being totally laid bare before you guys and, and sharing this. So when I say I was wrecked, it was in the most amazing way possible. And I kind of feel like, you know, I I met people, the parking lot was full, so full, they had literally uh, a half a mile in each way of cars that were trying to get in and all of the parking lots were absolutely packed. They had to park in people's uh, uh, yards and houses. People opened their yards even around this uh, church where it was held at. It was just absolutely uh, mind boggling. But I feel like every person that was there was called to be there. And if you looked at the cars, it was like there were plates from Oregon, there were plates from Maine, there were plates from Colorado, there were plates, you know, from from all over the United States, California, uh, my friend Kathy went with me to the event, well, she didn't go with me, but we both came from Texas together to the same event. I flew, they drove her and her husband, and she drove 12 hours to get there. But I feel like every single person that made it to this event that was invited um, to this event was absolutely chosen to be there. That being said, when I flew home uh, late Wednesday, I actually got home Thursday morning, I had fully intended to even like record while, as I said, while I was there at the conference and then one thing led to another and uh I, I, my plane was delayed and I didn't get home until uh, late or early, early Thursday morning. And um, I thought, well, you know, I'll just, I'm going to sum up what, you know, what I just experienced. And I couldn't, you guys, I had so much to download into my brain. I mean, I was speechless. I, I, I couldn't, when people would ask me, what was it like? What's it like going there? And I'm like, I can't describe to you what I have seen, what I have felt, what the Lord 
has shown me it wasn't just an experiential treatment where it was something that I saw. I had an encounter with God. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to (laughs) cry. I had an encounter with God, you guys, where I literally laid awake in the night for hours weeping with the Lord showing me things that was just, it was a a supernatural appointment, mind-blowing, mind-blowing. So as I tried to download into my brain what I had just experienced and I try. It was trying to chew and digest this entire buffet. I thought, there's no freaking way. Um, you know, I was actually supposed to um, have an interview uh, with the pastor that was putting on the conference and things in the conference didn't go uh, uh, according to schedule <laughs> for the conference even. And so things were pushed off and pushed back and uh, schedules were changed and, and things didn't work. And it was like, okay, Lord, you are in control of all of this. And so uh, I thought, you know what, this week, I'm just going to put out a legacy episode. And I need to digest what (laughs) I just walked through. And as I've taken a moment to digest, you guys, there is no freaking way that this will fit on any one show. There's no way. Uh, So this is actually going to be uh, a, a, a few weeks series. Is that okay? I'm going to dive into this subject with you guys because I feel like it is absolutely 100% without a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, important. It's important in my life and it is absolutely important in your life. If you are hearing this, if you are listening to this, it is important in your life. You need you need this information. You need to be set free. So as I was saying that, you know, I just I, it took me a while to be able to download and and at first I didn't even have the words to say. And that's a lot for me. I mean, I'm a public speaker. I'm a podcast host. I usually don't lack for words, right? I had none. But now, now the words are flowing. And we are going to walk through this together. Over the next few weeks, we are going to be doing this series called Demon Slayer. Welcome to the Demon Slayer series, you guys. I want you to buckle up. And as Samuel L. Jackson said in Jurassic Park, hold on to your butts because it is about to get crazy. Okay. Anyway, let's get into it. Hopefully, in the next few weeks, we will have some guests on the show that are more even versed in this subject who have more experience because their footprints are ahead of mine on this path. I am just learning. But you guys, what are what are demons? I mean, let's start at the beginning. What are demons? What are they doing here? Uh, You know, can a Christian be possessed or, you know, oppressed or, you know, how do they attach to you? And I mean, could you could you have demons messing with you? And what does that even, what does that mean? And what does it all mean, right? And what are the consequences, you guys, of unchecked demonic attachment in your life? What about curses? Are curses real? Can they uh, affect your life? What about generational curses? What about healing? Is healing real? Does that stuff really exist? Well, you guys, I, Sarah, 
I'm learning right alongside you. This is a world that I really never thought that I would be involved in. I mean, I was not raised in a Pentecostal church, although I did go to a private Christian academy growing up that was held in a uh, Pentecost, Pentecostal or semi-Pentecostal denomination. So I was sort of by way of osmosis, I guess, part of, of that kind of, of um, movement in the, the faith. There's all these different movements. You know, we have the Baptist movement and we've got, you know, uh, you know, whatever. I can list all the different denominations, you know, Reformed, non-Reformed and, you know, uh, uh, Calvinist and Armenian, like all that stuff. Dude, I'm laying aside all of that garbage. I don't want to be part of any of it. I don't even like to say that I'm non-denominational because non-denominational has become a denomination in and of itself. So what I am is a follower of the way. I'm a follower of Yeshua, and I'm a follower of what the actual scriptures teach. And that is what you can label me, Sarah, as, okay? Much like I'm not a Democrat or a Republican, I don't want my label to be any one of the, the wings of those very sick birds. I, I don't want anything to do with those people. What I want is the truth, and I want freedom, and I don't want sick people stealing from me and doing disgusting things and all of that stuff. So I, the way that I vote is I vote for what is the most moral biblically, period. End of story. I, I'm, I'm definitely not into labels. So <laughs> there ain't no pronouns here. Uh, I'm going to just say that. Catch me outside. Anyway, but I'm coming to learn that this subject is vast, huge, wide, way bigger. God is way, way bigger than, than what the church has put a box around him. And as I said, I'm learning alongside of you guys. And listen, I was raised in a Bible-believing church. The motto that I always heard growing up was that God said it, the Bible recorded it, and that's it. We don't add anything else. But what I'm coming to learn, actually, is that, that that's not true. I was raised in a non-denominational style, but, but it has become its own denomination. Anytime gifts of the Spirit were, were brought up, it was, it was properly squelched. I mean, not in a, no, we don't believe what the Bible says, but, but we don't believe that necessarily those things are for today, used today, uh, you know, uh, any of that, any of that stuff. Oh, yeah, you know, God still does heal uh, and still does perform miracles, but he doesn't, you know, uh, uh, use people to do that. And it's, it's not a thing. And, and um, that much of the authority that was given to disciples of Christ it had been left behind, you know? I mean, I've heard, well, that was back then, a long time ago. It's not for now, right? Which, that never sat right with me. I mean, and it did not feel true. Spiritual power is all around us, right? I mean, Ephesians 6.12 says that, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Do you believe, you guys, that the Bible is true? If you do, then 
What's that about? We've talked about this scripture a lot on this channel, on this podcast, on this show. We've talked about that a lot. But do you believe that that's true? And if you do, then somehow they became unpowerful over the last thousand years? Do you believe that that they still remain in the same power, but somehow Christians under the authority of Jesus, we don't have that power anymore? (laughs) What? That doesn't even make sense. Stop it. I'm just going to say that right now. Stop it. You guys, I knew about being filled with the Holy Spirit, and I had received the Spirit inside of me. I received a prayer language young, as a young girl. And there are some people who say, oh, prayer languages, they're not real. <laughs> Just because you don't have one doesn't mean they're not real. Don't, you, know, you cannot tell me that the language that I received isn't real. I mean, you can tell me, but I'm, I ain't going to believe you because <laughs> I know what I'm walking in, right? And I know that I'm saved, and I know that to be a fact. I know that, um, that it just didn't ever sit right to, with me when people would say that, that this wasn't, this wasn't for now, because it's like, <laughs> the spirit realm is the same today and as real today as it's ever been. It, even more so, I feel like the covers have been pulled back and the veil has been made thin. And you can see demons poking out from people on the regular basis. I mean, I can, I, I'm, I know that many people can. I know that you can hear what, what I'm saying. And in the church where I grew up in, the gifts of the Spirit, they were taught, but, you know, they were rarely practiced and rarely recognized. And, you know, demonic spirits were rarely ever cast out. There were a few instances where it was undeniable and it had to be done, but it was done haphazardly and hazardly by, you know, people without proper training, without proper discipleship in this area. And who, who knows, maybe even sin in their own lives. And, you know, they were not walking fully in that anointing and the authority given to believers by Jesus. The authority given to believers is the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and cast out demons and heal the sick. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke chapter 10. He was speaking to disciples, not just the 12 apostles, which is what I've been told, but no. There were like 72 disciples of Jesus and the apostles. There were many, many disciples that followed them. These are people who, you know, there was, you know, the powerful 12, you know, the ones that Jesus chose, but then people would follow them and then they were being trained up, right? And so Jesus was speaking to these disciples and let me just read here. Then he said to the disciples, anyone who accepts your message is also accepting me. And anyone who rejects you is rejecting me. And anyone who rejects me is rejecting God who sent me. When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, Jesus told them. I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk amongst snakes and scorpions and crush them and nothing will injure you. But don't rejoice because the evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. You guys, my eyes have been opened and I have been forever changed. 
at that conference, I was anointed and I step into the authority given by Yeshua. Uh, But Sarah, uh, if you're a Christian, you already have the authority. What do you mean you stepped into it? Listen, there are whole professing Christians, priests, pastors, walking around, not even believing half of what the New Testament teaches, not even believing half of what Jesus teaches. On Sunday morning, they sing, I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven, right? It is my testimony from death to life. You know, we we sing this at churches on Sunday morning and yeah, don't come for me, elevation worship, whatever. That's a scripture, okay? And people sing this on Sunday morning and they're weeping and, and, and praising the Lord, but they don't even know what that passage reference, where it comes from nor how it completely changes everything. Jesus changes everything. Yet so many refuse to believe what Jesus said. And they even proudly made a name for not believing it. They call it cessationism. And that it's the view that the miracle gifts, healing, tongues, that at the end of the apostolic age, They brought about a cessation of the miracles associated with that age. They have some scriptures that they think to back it up. But those scriptures, if you read them in context, Paul is talking about at the end of the age, meaning when Jesus comes, they're not going to be necessary. But Jesus is not here yet, my friends. Most cessationists believe that while God can and still does perform miracles today, that the Holy Spirit no longer uses individuals to perform miraculous signs. How can that even be true? If if people can be demon-possessed and used by the messengers of Satan to effect change in this world and things going on, how in the world does the Holy Spirit not use individuals to overcome that? Because Jesus has given us authority over all the evil from the enemy. So how is it that, that someone can possibly believe that individuals are no longer used by God? What's weird is if you go to other parts of this world, say like Africa, this is not a thing. <laughs> people are miraculously healed every day and night, and people are being delivered from demonic possession and set free. But here in the Western church world, we've neutered ourselves. We don't walk in that authority. We don't step into that authority. In fact, we deny that very authority. In my not so humble opinion, being a sensationist, that's to me, that's just a fancy way of saying that you have a lack of faith and you're putting a fancy label on it. Yeah, I said it. I mean, half of Jesus's ministry and half of the entire New Testament is apostles being trained disciples being trained and Jesus commissioning them to go into the whole world and set people free in Jesus name and to make more disciples, meaning to then train them up to then free other people. I've been in church most of my life and I can say salvation. Yeah, the church has got that down. They lead people to Jesus. Check. Hallelujah. I mean, that is incredible. The wonder working power of the blood of Jesus coming upon people and changing them. 
Yes, that is happening. But making disciples? Uh... Hey, listen, this isn't a dig in any way on the wonder-working power that is happening in churches across the Western world. Salvation is an absolute miracle. And only by the sacrifice that Jesus made and the power of his resurrection have we been given that authority over all of the evil through Jesus. But I feel like churches are missing a huge portion of the death to life power that comes from setting people free. Jesus set the captives free everywhere he went. Churches talk about all the time that Jesus sets the captives free, but Jesus set the captives free by casting demons out of people who were in bondage. I mean, I don't know, you guys. Maybe this is why some churches are losing congregants, because the people that are going there, they feel the lack of power. I mean, yes, they get saved, and then, they, and, and then, and then it falls flat, because the rest of the story isn't there. Churches rarely speak of or implement the actual setting people free part. And definitely the part where they train you then as a disciple to set others free through the authority given by Jesus. You know what I mean? And this may be why, you know, that churches today have, you know, sought out new age power sources, things like transcendental meditation or yoga or, you know, churches who align with the Enneagram as their identity. I mean, these new age practices. Why? Because the new age, there's dark power in the new age, and they have, you know, turned their backs on the wonder working power and the authority that Jesus gave. So they, they realize it, that they're lacking power. And so they, they find it in other things. I think that's why a lot of people clomped onto the Enneagram is because it had truth. It had life-changing power for some people. It's just life-changing power when operated by a spirit other than God is demonic. But through Jesus, there is real power to be set free and to find your identity. Some churches are even, um, they're using smoke machines, you know, from their, their stages. Look, I know that there are pastors who listen to my podcast. Hi, guys. (laughs) I know because I get messages from a lot of them because what I say goes against the whatever they're teaching or, or whatever. But listen, if you are a pastor and you're listening to this and you have a smoke machine on your precipice, get it out of there. You do not need smoke and mirrors to draw people to Christ. You do not need feathers and glitter and fake spiritualness. What you need is the real power and to step into the authority and train your staff, deliver your staff from the demons that are cloying them and set them free in the authority of Jesus and train them to set others free. And that is the power that your church needs, not smoke and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors are what you use when the Holy Spirit has left the building. I know that's going to offend some people, but I'm going to keep it real 100, you guys. That's how I roll. Yeah, I said it. I'm calling it out. And you know what? I don't like being Judge Judy. I don't want to be Judge Judy. But am I wrong? (laughs) Am I wrong? I mean, listen, I know that I'm going to get DMs. I know I'm going to get letters. Bring them on. What I said's the truth. 
I feel it's because they're not really fully walking in or believing even in the power of the authority given by Jesus. And I don't know, I'm just spitballing here a little bit, but from what I see, week after week, people come to church and they sing songs about their name being registered in heaven. But then they go home with the same demons attached and plaguing them as they did the week before. Pastors who have been open to walking in the authority for years, years. I mean, since I was a kid, I know because I heard this growing up, that pastors who were walking in that authority, they were ridiculed. There's a lot of pastors out there who are afraid to step into this type of ministry for fear of of alienating or losing their reputation or changing their reputation. And are there phony balonies out there? Yeah, of course. But not all the phony balonies. I'm just going to be real here too, okay? Since I'm I'm keeping it 100, uh not all the phony balonies are, you know, the, you know, crazy, you know, demons out type pastors or the ones that are putting feathers and glitter in the vents. There's a lot of phony baloney pastors that are standing on pulpits right now who don't use any of that, but who are not walking in their personal lives, walking in a way that brings glory to God. And they're not using or stepping into the authority given to them by God. And if you're walking in a place where you don't believe that you have authority over the power of the enemy, I don't know what to say to you other than you need to repent because you are calling Jesus a liar. And you know what? Maybe that's why you're seeking out new age garbage yourself. And no, I'm not talking to everybody, but there are ones who this arrow is hitting home right now. I know because I know you listen to this podcast. If your motto is Jesus said it, I believe it then do it. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, that the blind will see and the oppressed will be set free. All right. So all of that, you guys, was leading up to diving into the podcast. So if you're still here and you're still buckled in and you know, we're up on the roller coaster and ah, here we go. What are demons, you guys? What are demons? Demons are messengers of Satan. Messengers of the Lord, they're angels, right? We see throughout scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, we see hosts of heaven proclaiming Jesus's birth. We, we see messengers of God visiting Abraham and Sarah. I mean, we see angels all throughout, you know, scripture, all throughout. We see messengers of God. But after Jesus came, he brought the authority to cast out and free the captives. That's when we start seeing the messengers of Satan that are mentioned now in many, many scriptures. The messengers of Satan, aka demons. You know what I'm saying? Also, side note, Q X-Files music here. <laughs> I believe aliens, uh, I believe that demons are aliens. Aliens are not of this world, right? That's all alien means, that they're not of this world. I've talked about, you know, an alien show that's coming and it is in the works. We have several people that are adding content to the show and interviews and everything else. So it's taking a little time, but it, and that's going to be a series too. That's a whole big slice of the pie subject, which is why it's taking so long. But real quick, I'm going to sum up. Yes, 
messengers from God, a.k.a. angels from God. And then there are messengers from Satan, a.k.a. demons. And I believe that those demons are the angels that are reported being seen around. I absolutely believe this. I mean, Sarah, why do they all look different? Or why do they have, you know, why do some look like this and some describe them like this? Well, okay. Scripture describes at least four special divisions or subtypes or whatever of spirit composed angels, right? Messengers of God. We have archangels and cherubim and seraphim. And then we have the four living creatures. And I'm sure that that's not a, uh, you know, conclusive list of the host of heaven, right? And the total number of beings that are in these four categories, they likely only represent a small fraction of all the spirits in existence. Daniel, in Daniel chapter 7, verse 10, Daniel had a dream or a vision where he was given an, an awesome view, not only of the eternal throne, but also of countless religious spirits who served God. So, you know, countless, you know, angels of, of you know, or, you know, whatever the subcategories, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Well, also in Revelation 12, 4, we have a glimpse that when Satan fell, he took a third of the host of heaven with him. They became demons. So I can only assume that while there are a multitude of different kinds in heaven, that there's a multitude of different kinds that fell. Does that make sense? That are the fallen angels that are demons? Over the next few weeks, you guys, we're going to be diving into this subject on this podcast. And I am still learning myself, and also I am unlearning a bunch of fooey that was taught, you know, by people probably with really good intentions, but they had been taught wrong themselves. Word of caution, though, you guys, if we are walking into this battle in the spirit realm, we better be armed up, prayed up, battle ready. Why? <laughs> Because as scripture tells us also, and we will get into that, that if you are not, you can have, for lack of a better reference, listen, I'm not Mod Flanders. You picked, you know, my podcast, you've heard it, whatever. I'm just going to, I keep it real. You're going to have your ass handed to you. <laughs> so next week, we are going to dig deeper into this subject. Now that I've already unpacked all of the spirit of religion garbage that has kept people from the authority given. Okay. And there is so much to unpack about this subject. But first and foremost, it is necessary for your arsenal, you guys, for the battle that is raging around us. I mean, no wonder the enemy wants believers to think that they don't have the authority anymore. What an easy way to disarm a whole bunch of people that actually have the authority over him. What a great way to disarm them, right? Did you ever see that movie, The Usual Suspects? Remember that quote from Kaiser Sose? <laughs> the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. But I would add to that, you know he exists, but convincing you that you're powerless against him. So I'm going to end today's podcast with reading about the armor. And before next week, you guys, I want you to don the armor. We've read about it. I have whole episodes in the podcast dedicated to it. 
check back in my legacy library and and listen to the episodes about the the sword about the armor but there's a reason that it keeps coming up why because it is so important so open your bibles with me you guys to Ephesians chapter 6 and we're going to start in verse 13 therefore put on every piece of god's armor put on every piece you guys so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, the belt of truth, and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news, the gospel, so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith, to stop the fiery arrows of the devil and put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And then in verse 19, you guys, I'm going to ask this of you to pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right word so I boldly can explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for the Jews and the Gentiles alike. This good news is for everyone. And you guys pray for me as I try and unpack this monstrous Samsonite luggage of info that is so necessary for this time in this place for such a battle as this. I love you guys, and until next week, peace.